For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's all now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Another episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, for SB Live Sports. Today's guest, a newcomer, so to speak, on the scene in college hoops, at least in regards to having a seat on the bench. He was a tremendous college player years ago he's been very active and involved in the game in different ways but now he is a assistant coach at eastern washington in cheney roberto burgesson berto how does the first season of college hoops how is that treating you uh it's great it's been great so far it's been great so far we got a great staff uh Great kids, kids that just you know want to be in the gym. Man, we just got a we just got a whole locker room full of hoopers, and uh, you know that's 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 where I'm most comfortable at around people that just love the game. So it's having I'm having a blast. I'm having a blast so far. Well, you mentioned a locker room and a roster full of hoopers. That kind of uh, that kind of describes you perfectly from from what I know of you. You want to be in a gym. You wanted to get better as a player, and now after your playing career is over with your AAU program in Boise. That's all you wanted to do was help kids chase their goals and dreams and realize those. Now you're on the other end of kind of being a part of maybe the tail end of of kids' dreams by playing in college. What has been the biggest challenge for you going from what you were doing before to being an assistant coach at the Division One level? Um, I think the biggest challenge is being um, being efficient uh, with the time um, that you're doing because obviously at the college level. Um, with the rules and regulations of the NCAA, you just don't have as much time. They don't allow you to have much time to spend with the kids because, you know, whatever the rules and regulations. And so me learning to be more efficient with my time, get stuff done in, in smaller windows, smaller periods, and and um, doing that stuff, I think has probably been the biggest challenge um, for myself. Um, and, and, and then, I mean, again, just with any job, just, you know, learning the do's and the don'ts and what you can't do in protocols and stuff like that, um, you know, when you're on the job. So I think that's been the biggest thing for me. Those are some differences. And that's one one thing I don't necessarily appreciate about the college game is, say, for example, you've got a, a player on your roster that wants to get extra individual work with, with you as a coach. There's only a certain amount of time that you can spend outside of team practice time with them. How do you get creative with your staff to help those kids develop? Is it graduate assistant coaches? Is it student managers? 
because I know lots of different programs across the country uh, employ different ways to get kids all the opportunities they want. Yeah, it definitely is um, trying to get creative as, as much as you can. Um, you know, your managers can go in there and, and help the kids as much as they can. But really what it comes down to, it just comes to versing them um, and put it, get, being efficient, whether you're working with film or whether you're working with the gym, getting the kids to understand, okay, hey, this is where you have to be. This is what you need to do. This is our plan. Now, when we can't spend the time with you, you need to go in there and you need to be able to do this on your own and keep yourself accountable and be most self-motivated, which I think is actually the one benefit that has come from it um, with me trying to be more efficient is getting them to do stuff on their own. I think I was doing too much as an AAU coach, right? I mean, I think I was doing maybe too much and enabling them um, in their work and in their methods where, where they had, you know, they weren't using their creativity and imagination and work as much as I was doing it more for them and kind of pushing them towards it. So um, that, that's more or less what you got to do is just, or what I've found has been the best method is, hey, you know, teach these guys how to, how to fish instead of bringing them to fish. That's a great analogy and a great point because you as a coach can want it as much or more than a player, but if the player doesn't want it and, and attack those goals and dreams and the workouts in front of them themselves, they're never going to reach their full potential. How, how diff, difficult is it for you as a coach, both at the AAU level and now at the college level, to see a player maybe not taking advantage of their full opportunities? Oh, it's, it's, it's one of the worst feelings in the world. It's like, uh, you know, sometimes I compare it to, uh, you know, being a parent and you get in those situations where you're, you have that helplessness feeling because you're trying to do everything you can as a parent. And, you know, you can't, it's like, you know, your, your kid is a baby and it's crying, crying, crying. You can't figure out, what, you know, how to get it to stop crying. It, it's like you, you almost feel helpless. And it's just like, oh, it's, 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 it's a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling. And you just want, you want more than nothing to the kids to understand what their potential is. And not the potential of what you think they should be, but what they say they want. Because they're the ones that are saying they want this, they want this, and they want to be this best. And they want, and if that's what you really, really want, Ah, can can you see you know what you have to do? So that's a tough feeling, man. And and it is a balance to try to figure out how to get those kids to understand, um, you know, how to reach that. And it's part of the process, though. You got to be patient as well as a coach and a teacher, knowing that that's part of the process that you probably went through yourself. I know I did. You grew up in the uh, South Seattle area, Federal Way. Um, you were a tremendous player there before you were at UW and then Boise State. How is the game? the college basketball game changed since you played? I mean, it's changed tremendously. I mean, when I was in college, you know, a lot of stuff, it was a lot more, I mean, I guess the era that I grew up in a lot, uh, you know, old school motion offense with, you know, movers and blockers, you know, the, 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 the Bobby Knight effect was pretty big back then and there. And so you had a lot of people running, you know, motion or just passing game offenses um, in high school and then maybe in college. And then you get to college, a lot of set-driven stuff um, with, you know, again, I think the, the, the biggest thing that most people is, is just with, you know, um, true inside players. Um, you know, every team had to have uh, a player they could put in a box. Everybody had to have an inside post score. Everybody had to have a, a kind of a goonish power forward. You know, everybody had to have a, a runner, jumper, small forward. Everybody had to have a traditional just shooter shooting guard and everybody had to have a traditional point guard and they wanted to put people in boxes. Um, and I think my era was kind of the, when the, 
the combo guard started to come into, you know, into like this. And so now you got some guys that can play, you know, both guard spots. But now it's just very rarely. I mean, everything is just, you know, the, the spread and positionless and guys can do everything. You got bigs that can shoot it and, you know, guards that can go in the post. I mean, even our team for, for general, I think our, our guards are high. And I don't know if I'll say they're better post players, but they typically have, more the advantage in the post than, than our bigs do and our and so we kind of play reverse so i think the style of the game um that way is what has changed the most um but i think the biggest thing is not even the, the basketball itself it's just um the i don't know i, I don't even know how i don't even know the word to explain it but just that kind of the culture and the feel around college basketball and you know when i was coming up it was like this basketball you do it enough and, and, and you go hard, it's gonna, you're going to learn all these other life, life lessons. And I think nowadays because of, yeah, stuff like the transfer rule and, and the money is being drawn in and the players having so much power, like the life lessons that these guys are learning, they're not, it's not, we're, we're not maximizing it anymore because of so much, in my opinion, enabling or so much, you know, hey, you're, you're, it's going to be tough, let's, let's leave or – you know, we got to be a little bit, you know, nice to this guy, to this ego because, you know, he's in control. And so some of that's, that's the biggest change for me is, you know, for, for me, I just know how much it changed my life. And a lot of times we get to the point where like, man, this is a great learning lesson right now, um, you know, for this kid or he should be going through. And it's like, nah, we're just going to put that aside because we're just going to make sure that, um, you know, he's feeling OK. <laughs> no, I mean, true words. Uh, I, I've definitely kind of seen that from an outsider's perspective as, a, as an analyst of, of how some programs uh, treat and handle players. And I, I think yeah. if, if you're not treating the whole player, uh, you're doing a disservice to that to that young man. But you, you touched on the topic of you transferring. We both went through transfers as players um, when it was not a normal thing. It is now normal that almost every college player transfers at some point. Um, how, how does that change maybe how you view players in your program or maybe how you view the program of always having to constantly be on the lookout for how players in your program feel they fit or maybe how other players in other programs aren't fitting and might be looking for a new home? Yeah. I mean, it's just reality. And I think any college coach, if they said, Oh, we don't care about it. I think they'd be lying. Um, because if you're not, you're not preparing yourself for, you know, what's to come, you know, for your roster. Um, and, and you're not just, you're, you're not living in the reality. You're not living in the, in the world, whether we like it or not. And so it's, it's interesting, you know, you made the comment of, um, you know, when we, when, when we were playing this by transfer, like what's wrong with that kid? Um, it is totally opposite. Like nowadays, if a kid is not thinking about transferring, people are like, what's wrong with him? What's why what he's thinking back? And you know what, what is he thinking about? And it's crazy. And it's, it's crazy. Um, and so, you know, for, for a coach, you, you do, you have to be, you know, thinking about and planning and preparing all the time that, okay. And, 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 you know, just kind of, I mean, you should be, um, you know, um, having a pulse on your roster anyways, but all your kids, you have to have a pulse on them. You have to have a pulse on them. How are they doing? How are they feeling? How are they progressing? And I think in the sense, there are some times where you look at kids and you start to recognize and realize no matter how, um, you know, confident we are in our abilities, I'm, I'm not for everybody. I, I think I, I do a pretty good job. I think I can coach just about anybody, but I'm not for everybody. And I know everybody's not for me. And sometimes that might mean that, hey, 
it's not a bad thing, but I can help a kid get to a place where he's going to maximize and enjoy his experience the most. And it might not be here at, you know, at Eastern Washington. It might be somewhere else and vice versa. And so I think you're always processing that and you're always looking at it and you're looking at, hey, what's going on, um, you know, elsewhere and, and, and what's going on in, in our building as well. Um, and that is that's just the reality of it. it. It might sound, you know, icky or whatever it is, but it's real and um, and we're living in it and we got to figure out how to navigate the best we can for the well-being of the, of the, of the players because that's what we're doing this for. So, Well, your first year at Eastern as an assistant is with David Riley, uh, one of the youngest head coaches in all of Division I. Um, what have you seen from, from Coach Riley that uh, – and I know we've talked before, you're really excited about him as a head coach, but what is unique about him that allows him to run a program at a young age? I've had conversations with him, and I know he's ready, but while you're working with him, what stands out? Um, yeah, what stands out? I mean, I don't know about unique, um, but I think what stands out to me is um, he. I just think he's, he's amazingly wise, especially for his age. Um, he has some great wisdom to him and patience. Um, he doesn't ever seem to get, you know, I mean, I guess using a basketball term, sped up. Um, and especially, you know, coming from me, I, I, I do get that way. I'm, I can be very impulsive at times, you know, going to him and, Dave, we got to do this. We got to do that. We can do that. And, you know, he'll, he'll look at me and, you know, yeah, okay, okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. And then we won't do anything of it. And then two weeks later, you know, we'll implement it, right? Like, I mean, so it's just – and it almost, almost always happens when he does. It happens right on time. It's like, oh, yeah, that worked great. So – I love um, I love the wisdom about him about him uh, the wisdom that he has his, his calmness that is really good um, it's, it's it's very impressive to me to you know watch him in his in, in you know when he's doing it and then I, I think it's not a mystery and he's just the work he loves hoops he loves hoops and you know if we're not at practice and we're not meeting on stuff you know he's talking to kids about it um, he's researching it um, he lo- he watched tons of film he's a film guy he's a numbers guy he loves the numbers. Um, which I, I love and I think we balance a lot because I'm more of a field guy. He's more of a numbers guy. I mean, it just is what it is. I, I know they both have a part and you try to balance them. And so, um, you know, those are some of the things that have just been very impressive. And I think he's just does really well, um, you know, with people, the kids enjoy him. And, you know, he knows how to balance. He knows how to go from basketball time to back to the office and talking to kids and going to, you know, to, you know, just real lifetime off the court and talking about stuff. So, Pretty it's been very impressive. I know you've got a lot of excitement in year one as a college coach for you, but it's also special because you've got a son on the team in Eastern, uh, Rylan um, Burgesson. It, it's funny because we had mentioned transferring, and your son transferred a couple times, and he found a great fit at Central Arkansas. Now he looks like to be in a great fit at Eastern. Um, how, how fun and special is that for you, and is he enjoying it as well? <laughs> well, I hope he's enjoying it. <laughs> if, he's, if he's not, he's a really good liar. Um, but uh, man, it's just been yeah. It, it's it's it, this is the dream come true. I mean, it, it just uh, you know. I guess I say it's a dream come true, but it was a dream that we never, I never dreamed about because I didn't. You know, I, I it wasn't you know I wasn't processing getting into college basketball, especially while he was playing. Thought we were done, but when it came back around full circle, it's just uh, it's been great, man. And that's that that is kind of one of the one of the things that you know um as far as that player coach thing going back to what we talked about earlier about spending time or whatever i mean this is my kid so you know i mean uh, he and i are you know together and he's a hooper and i'm a hooper and so 
you know, when I'm at home or we're at home, he comes and wants videos with us, you know, whatever we're talking hoops or whatever. And so that's the one advantage of, you know, being a family kid is, I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a dad, he's a son. And so, I mean, it's not really any limits, you know, anybody can put on us, man. We want to go down to the Spokane Club and get some shots up. Go to the Spokane Club and get shots up. So, um, I mean, it, it's just, that's been fun. And it, it's just been, um, for me, it's been great because when I last coached him, you know, he was still a high school kid. He was coming up and he left and I obviously still been in his life when he went to BYU and UCA and, and, and trying to help him from afar to improve being a player while, um, you know, fitting in, you know, his, his college team. But now to see him work in person since I coach him on an everyday basis, um, it, it's just been, um, God, it's been a revelation. It's really refreshing to see how much of a professional um, he's become just in his, his consistent work habits. And regardless of, you know, people ask you, you know, what kind of level of player is he and how do you compare him to you? And I'm just like, look, man, I don't know anything about that. I just know this kid is way more consistent and way more professional at his age um, than, than I was. And so um, it, is, it has been, man. It's, it's been good. It's been enjoyable. We're enjoying our time. Um, you know, he's finally kind of found the place that fits all the boxes for him that he wanted. And so we're just looking to have a really good season. I know he is too. He's excited about everything. So it's fun, man. I can't, I can't, you know, I can talk three hours about that subject alone. <laughs> I, I know a lot of coaches kind of focus on one aspect of the game. Maybe the head coach tasks them with defense or offense. Do you enjoy player development or game planning more? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I've been a player development guy, right? I mean, that's just been my targets, you know, with the AAU stuff has always been, um, we're, you know, the individual first. And, you know, we're trying to figure out every individual. So I would, I would, I would want to say that. But I think since I've been here, um, it's kind of skewed a little bit. And I think what I've enjoyed the most is trying to figure out how my player development plans work within the game planning and how to maximize that in a way that it's working the best. And so I think that's probably been, um, it's probably the thing I put, you know, the biggest challenge or, or the thing that, I, that I'm enjoying the most is, okay, I'm trying to get these guys to, you know, to get these skill sets better and work on this and work on that. Now, now how do I make sure, make that fit into what our game plan is, you know, what, you know, what our, our, our team philosophy is right now. Um, and so kind of a little bit of both, I would say right now, it's just a little bit of a mixture. It is, it is. Well, Berto, I can't let you go without asking you, uh, one question about Seattle area hoopers. Uh, there's yeah. been some really good ones. Gonzaga played Duke the other night and Paulo Banchero looked pretty dang good. Oh, Who's the oh, best player goodness. in the last 20 years? Uh, out of the Seattle area. Actually, we can go back to your era, mid '90s till now. I guess I won't ask you for the best player. Give me your, give me your potential best five. That's putting okay. you on the spot right well, there. Yeah. Well, some people are going to say I'm biased, but there's no bias in it. I've just been around too many players not to put Michael Dickerson in there. Number one, he's 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 the best player that I've that 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 I've from our area that I've played against. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's hands down. He's just, he was just that complete and come in, in there. So I'm going to have to go him one second. I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to go with my brother, Q Quincy. He's just, I, I just, you know, he was just so dominant when we played. And, and obviously he's probably a little bit more biased. I played against him every single day. So I got to know how good he was. Um, putting Q in there, 
I, man, it, it's it's gonna be hard not to keep that young that young kid. Paulo was absolutely freakish last night. Like that was the way that he dominated the game in the first half was absolutely one of the most impressive things I've I've, I've seen. Um, it's gonna be hard to take him out of there, but I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna put him in there yet. I think I'm gonna hold him off. I'm gonna go next. I'm gonna go Jamal. Um, have to put Jamal in there. Um, after that, um, man, it, it, you know, you start to get. I gotta put Doug in there. Um, it's probably just, you know, my affinity watching Doug Christie, you know, when I, when I was young and, and what he did and, and how long his career was. Um, and then, oh, man, this is tough. I think I got to go. I think I got to go JT. I think I got to go Jason Terry. He'll, Jason Terry will probably be my fifth, um, you know, without really, really, really just top of the head. I mean, I guess, you know, it's probably, probably biased to my area a little bit, but I think I'm also biased to the longevity of those guys' career and, and what they did and what they were able to accomplish at every single level and and even the impact that they got, you know, on the, you know, just on our culture. Um, obviously, Isaiah would be in there too. He, him, I think him, Paulo, those guys would be in my honorable mention. Uh, and, and uh, man, it's just, it's, it's, it's been good hoops, man. So it's hard. It just gets convoluted because there's so many guys that were so good. That so coming up. So yeah, that's amazing to think of how many great players have come from the Seattle area. The five you mentioned: Mike Dickerson, Quincy Wilder, Jamal Crawford, Doug Christie, JT. You can't go wrong with any of them. But then there's so many other guys that easily could be on that list. It's always fun to talk Pacific Northwest hoops, and in particular Seattle with a guy like yourself who, who knows it so well. So. Berto, I appreciate the time. I wish you nothing but the best of luck as you continue on with Eastern Washington this year and uh, look forward to connecting again soon. Man, I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for having me on and thanks for everybody listening. Fun, fun stuff, fun stuff. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.